Today's topic is Kishi Adam, but before we begin Kishi Adam, we're going to talk about some things that happened um, after the Shrita, before the Kishi Adam, and that is that there are four things that are checked before um, the animal is declared that it's kosher. Um, the first is the Shaykh wants to make sure that he cut the simonim, enough of the simonim, that is to say for a bird at least one simon, right, for one simon, and for a behemoth, uh, most of both simonim, um, and <coughs> if he doesn't do it, <coughs> excuse me, if he, doesn't, if he didn't do the check at all, <coughs> then the animals considered to be in Vela, uh, because before it was shechted, it was a, 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 had a in of war, and therefore if you don't do this check to make sure that the simon will cut, enough of the simon will cut, the animals considered the Vela, the animals trafe. Uh, when the Sheikh does this check, when he's doing this uh, check to make sure he cut enough, he will sometimes find that the vesha is not cut all the way. He should be careful not to rip out the rest of the vesha at that point, assuming the animal is still alive, um, because um, that would, itself would be an equal to be a pastor, uh, if you pull out the vesha while the animal is still alive. Okay. Next check is, um, he wants to make sure that they cut the simon in the right place. Um, if he didn't check them, if, if, he, if not, he's potentially made a hagrama, he may have shechted too high up, and it wouldn't be a kashashrita. And again here, if he does not make this check to, to see um, that the animal was cut, and that, the, that the cut was done in the right place, then the animal is considered an available. Also, um, assuming that he cut relatively high, the way the Taz Primakov say is that if he cut relatively high, but there's a possibility it might have been a hagrama, then if he doesn't do the check, the animal is again considered a trade as a suffering of okay, The third check is, um, and this one is for poultry, birds, and different kinds of birds, there, the shaykhet needs to, there's a particular chashash that the shaykhet calls a a particular chashash that the animal will be a shmuta. Shmuta is a, a variation of an ikor, which is to say is that the simonim were ripped out of their place before shkita. They were pulled out of their place and not attached properly in the neck the way they're supposed to be. That's a, a variation of an ikor, and that animal would be in the field also. It's particularly a problem for birds. And, um, and therefore, <coughs> the, the Ramah and the Tassism, you're not looking to check for it. If you check and you find a problem, I'm going to describe the check in a second. If you check and find it, <coughs> of course the animal's in Vela, but you're not looking to. But most follow what the Shach and Tushar say is that the, the Shach is required to check for Shmuddin, <coughs> for birds. <coughs> and I'll describe to you what the check is. But it might be a little too gory to do an actual video of, what, of it happening, so here's just an animation of it happening. Um, at the Shrita, and right afterwards, the animal, the bird is laying uh, with its neck pointed up, its laying head pointed towards the Shrita, and the neck pointed up. Um, and after, after the Shrita, the Shrita will press down with his thumb um, on the underside of the beak, um, so by, by the Shipu Kaiba, and he just gives like a, a little bit of push down and backward towards the body of the, of the bird, and that causes the kana to pop out, to slide out from the makam hashrita. So that's, of course, a good time to check whether he cut enough. If, if you do that also. It's used for that as well, to see if he cut enough and if he cut in the right place. But the, for the check for the shmuta is, uh, the check for shmuta is, is that if he, when he lets go, when he releases that, if the animal was, is healthy and was, was, there was no shmuta, the kana will slide back to where it came from. As opposed to if there was a shmuta, um, then the kana will stay out, out, sort of not attached anymore where it was. It won't slide back in, so it won't have like the elastic to pull it back in, and that animal would be in the veil. Now, so that, that's a, the, that's, if a person does that test and it doesn't slide back in, it's in, it's, it's in the veil because of a shmuta, and 
um, and the shach and, and some chodesh say you should do that. In fact, that is what people do. Uh, and, and the shoot potentially could have happened when the animal, sometimes it fights while you're shechting it, while you're holding on to it, the tefis itself, the animal it is in a way that rips out, rips out the karna if you hold it in the wrong way, or the animal was fighting to not be healthy, could rip it out, or some it happened, you know, days beforehand when the animal was just walking around. There are some shechtim who claim that when, particularly for older birds, um, it's not such a good simon, and it might not slip back in, and it's still a living, it still was not a shmuta. Other shechtim said that was not true, and that it's not, it's not accurate, so I don't, I can't, you know, I don't know enough to answer that question. Um, it, it sure seemed like from post-game, that if it doesn't fly back in, you should assume it's a shmuta. Um, but I just want to point out that the Mata Usher says is that sometimes the, you could tell that there's a reason why it's not going back. Like, let's say the, sh- the, the cut itself of the shechita was very narrow, so it just can't physically just not getting back in. So he says, okay, so widen the cut a little bit and just see if it slides back in. The, the goal here is to see whether it's still attached deeper in and it pulls it back in. So, um, so the, uh, so, okay, but assuming it, everything is normal, it should be able to slide back in, and if it doesn't, the animal is assumed to be a shemuta. Uh, if the person never checked it, if the person did not check it, um, then it's mutter. But the, 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 uh, of course, the Ramah and the Tazi are mukhir to check in the first place. Of course, it's mutter. The Shach himself says that it, the Shach also says you are mukhir to check, but he says, but if you didn't check, then it's mutter, but the other also. But he says a reason that's a little hard to understand. He says the reason is, he says, go look, you look in, in halachas, if a person forgot to check lungs, and the lungs got lost, and he can't check them anymore, then the animal's kosher. So here too, it's the same thing. So Simachadosh says, well, that is true that it says that in Simachadosh, but Ramah over there argues and says that if you didn't check the lungs um, and you lost them, then the animal, we don't eat the animal, we consider it to be trafe. So what's the riot for when it seems bad? Simachadosh says, I have an answer to that question. He doesn't tell us what that is. Um, but anyhow, Lamai says that the Ramah that has the to check in the first place. The, the Shach himself, who says, says it's motor b'diyavid, so it's okay, but if the person didn't make this check, um, then it would be motor b'diyavid. And our last check that the Shach needs to do is, of course, we had mentioned some time back, is that the Shach needs to check his health to make sure he didn't have uh, any pegimis on it, which would make the animal also uh, potentially unavailable. If, if, if you found pegimis afterwards, you would shoot the animal's tray. Okay, so those are four checks that are made it has to do with the shechita. There's a whole other set of checks, which is the checks for to see whether the animal is a trefa on the internal organs. Um, that will be in the future. These are the four that have to do with um, these are four that have to do with the shechita itself that have to be checked. Okay, so now let's move on to kisur adam. Um, first, just some basic information about kisur adam. Just a quick review of what that is. The mitzvah kisur adam is that if a person shechs a chayah or an oiv, then he is um, some of the blood that comes out during the shechita needs to be covered with dirt. Okay, well, it comes from the terror. Um, so the mitzvah is only for birds and for animals that we call chayas, uh, like not we call non-domesticated animal. The best example we have that is a deer, as opposed to for behemoths like a cow and a sheep and a goat. Those are not mukhur, they do not need kisheva. Uh, um, we'll talk more about that in a bit. Kisheva, um, it's only you only need to do kisheva down if the if the shchita was kosher and the animal was kosher. If the animal was in a veiler because the shrita was improper, or the animal was a traitor, then there's no kisya adam. So the Shofar says, so you should wait to do the kisya adam until you've made your bedikas of the organs of the animal to make sure that, well, of course, that was not in a veiler, but that you know right away, but check inside to make sure it's not a traitor. Okay? And, and on that, the Ramah says, it's true, you have to wait to check for them, but lots of things that we tassel as a traitor 
or even a nevela, are only chumras or sveikas, and therefore, if you one of those situations, the animal, you should do kisit now without a bracha, because there's a very good chance that the animal really is kosher and would just be machmer on that. Okay. Um, and also, is that when you make kisit down, you're not mukhif to cover all the blood, just some of the blood has to be covered. Okay, now, um, the, the, in order to do the mitzvah of kishetam, there needs to be blood underneath it and blood on top of it. Um, that, that when we say the, there's blood, there has to be dirt underneath it and dirt on top of it. But we, the word we use dirt, because the Torah says be'afar, um, but it doesn't really have to be dirt. Um, there's all kinds of different things, all kinds of different materials. We actually once talked about in Hechus Tagoyim what those different materials that might qualify are. Um, and all kinds of things that either are um, suitable for growing, also called afar, or things that the Torah calls afar, like gold dust, it's also considered offer, okay? So, different things that are considered offer, um, and most, com- the most, what most, you know, uh, commercial slaughterhouses use sawdust. Okay, um, the dirt that's used for kishetam needs to be loose or powdered, it's called offer tichoyach, um, and it can't be like in clumps, uh, chunks and clumps like that. Now, when, when the shaykh comes to do the kishetam, as I said, there has to be dirt underneath it. So if the Afritichoyach is there already, he, when he walks in in the morning, he sees that there's Afritichoyach there, like in a slaughterhouse, there's, there's sawdust already on the floor, then, um, or Shtam, where he's checking, it's already on the floor, then the Mahabra said that he should, he should verbally make a note that says, this dirt is going to be used for Kisiyatam. Um, if he didn't do it, uh, but the evidence okay, but L'Chabchil, he's supposed to make, say, say, this dirt is going to be for Kisiyatam. But if he had to bring the the dirt from someplace else, or he had to um, actually grind up the dirt, which would be more powdery and less like clumpy, um, then he, he is not, um, he, he is not, um, does not need to speak anything out, because the actions himself that he's doing shows that he's doing this with Kishetam, and the same, of course, for afterwards. When afterwards, he pours the dirt on top, it's obvious that's what he's doing. Okay, so now let's talk about um, a few different questions that have to do with Kishetam. Um, first is, the bracha is that we recite on Kisuyadam is a dam be'ofar. Okay, and those last two words, the Matasha tells us, there's a particular way they should be pronounced. Um, the first word of those, the first, second to last word is dam, um, which is pronounced with a kamat instead of a patach. It's dam, not dam. And the reason is because um, he says that every time in the Torah when it uses when it to- uses that word by itself, that word is pronounced with is with a kamat, um, like like an arpasi. The possible, um, says the possible will use the word dumb instead of dam. The only time it uses the word dam is when um, it's connected to another word, like dam ha'adam. Um, then, then the word that the, the dam is connected to another word, then it's called dam. Otherwise, it's called dam, and therefore, when we make the bracha, we use the Russian haterah, and we call it, we say, hakisi dam. That's the first, the second place word. The last word um, is pronounced be'afar, um, and the it's supposed to bit offer, it's pronounced with a single bit offer. Um, and that's, he says, because that's how Terry writes it. Um, that's how Terry writes it uh, in the Pasuk of Kishu Adam. Um, and I asked somebody who I know, um, I said, then tell me, can you explain to me the dictum of that? Why is it? In fact, it's bit offer, not bit offer. So I'll quickly go through it. Um, he said the following um, letters in the Torah are divided into different groups. Um, in one group, <coughs> excuse me, it's called the Oseus Groinius the ones that are pronounced guttural letters, and though there are five of them, Aleph, He, Ches, Ayin, and Resh, and the way, when you have a, 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 a shervish that starts with an ois, one of those oisiers, groinius, then the prefix of that, to, to that um, shervish, like, be, or for the base for that, the, 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 
Nakuda for that prefix depends on which of the Oishi's gradients it was. If the first was an Aleph or a Resh, um, then, the, then you give it a Kamat. Um, like the Pasuk says, Ha'arez or Ha'arokia. Okay, those are the Aleph and a Resh, the, the, the letter before the, the, the prefix gets, an, gets a Kamat. So what happens if it's a Ches, um, like, the word, like in the word Nechmad, then it gets a Segal. The, the prefix, like the, the Nun here, in this case, the Nun, the, the prefix Nun, gets a Segal. What happens if it's a hay or nine? Then it depends. Then it depends. If the stress is on the oil squareness, then the preceding letter gets a comment. And if it's like in our case, with the pre- with the stresses on the end of the word, therefore, then the then the, the prefix of the shirish gets a cycle. Like in our case, therefore, therefore, the the, the the word is the stresses on the end of the word, and therefore the the prefix to the shirish started with an ayin gets a big, gets a second. Okay, so that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. But the Akisui Dom the offer. Excuse me. Now the Ramah says that the first time um, someone does Kisui Dom in their life, the first time they do that, um, they should say the bracha of Shechiyam. So a number of the Achronim ask on this Ramah, why would he say you should do? Why does he say he you do the Yishevik uh, Shechiyanu when we see in Hechus um, Tzitzis the Ramah says that we do not make a Shechiyam the first time a person wears a palace, um, except on a, a circumstance where there's another reason, which is, it's a new baguette, so he might make it as the baggage, but as the mitzvah, that he's doing the mitzvah for the first time with this, he does not make a shechion. Um And that, then, what's the reason why we don't make a shechion? It comes from a sheet of Tysus. The Tysus says this, um, we don't, we only make, a shechion for a mitzvah is only made if the mitzvah either comes um, from time to time, it's a time, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a time-related mitzvah, like Lolo Vashayfer, or it's a mitzvah that brings simcha. But otherwise, we don't make uh, shechian, and therefore the talos and film are not time-related. They do them every day, and they don't bring any simcha to them, so we don't make a bracha on them. And since, since the Ramah passes like that over there, why doesn't he... So Kisidam should be the same thing. It's not time-related, and it doesn't bring any simcha. So why would the Ramah over here say you should make a bracha on Kisidam? Now, there is another shita, not, not for today, shita Ramah, that says on talos and film, you actually do make a uh, uh, shechian. Um... The, that machlokas, in part, depends on how to read uh, Gemara Menachos that talks about the brachas you make when you put a thousand um, so One Tosis learns that that Gemara is meduyik, that you do not make shechiyam, and other Tosis are not like that. And the Gemara says that's, the, that's where the machlokas over here depends on, how you read that Gemara, Gemara Menachos on Membeis and Beis, whether um, there's a right or there is not a right from there as to whether you make a shechiyam on film. Okay, but that's not our point. Our focus is on Tosis. The Ramapasal, the Machabra, and the Ramapasal like Tosis, um, back in Hechas Tzitzis. So why over here would the Ramah say that you should make a bracha of Shechion on, on Kisirda? So there's a few answers. So the Magad Ram says, Magad Ram says that um, Kisirda doesn't happen so often, not such a common mitzvah, and therefore that's, that's equivalent to being timely. It's not really timely. It doesn't depend on the note from a shayfer or a lul that happens at a certain time of the year. Um, but it comes from time to time, and that's also considered to be time-related, uh, as opposed to talus, which you do every single day. And since you do, <coughs> since you do uh, wear talus every day, that's why you don't make a, that's why you don't make a shechion. The Magad Ram says that's the same reason why the Mechaber says that you make a bracha of shechion on a bris mila. Uh, the Ramah happens to argue, says the minute, it's not like that, but the Mechaber holds you make a bracha of shechion on a Prismila, because also it comes only once in a while. It's not time-related, but it comes only once in a while, and the, and the Ramah says, the, the Shulchan says that this is a Gemara, the very last words of the Gemara of Sachem, 
say that you make a shachiyano on a on a pidyon So then that's because for the same thing, pidyon don't happen so every so often. They're not time related, but they don't happen so often, and therefore you make a shachiyano. That's what the Mokam promises. Okay, the Shach says that um, he brings from the Rukach that a mitzvah, even if the mitzvah is not time related, um, but the very first time the person does the mitzvah, that has had it's equivalent to doing something that's time-related. Time-related means it happens once in a while, and when it happens, that's that it's a simple to have at that specific time, and the very first time also has an equivalent amount of, uh, is equal to that, even though the mitzvah is not specifically time-related. Okay, now, and that comes, the riot to that comes from a Gemara that says that a kain, he brings a, a mincha, when he, he oversees the bringing of a mincha, what, what, according to Rashi, the first time he does it, he makes a shechiyano. So what's the reason for that? Why would he make a shechiyano if, if he brings a mincha the first time? Minchas happen every day, the, every day of the weekend, basically. The reason is because, for me, it's my first time doing the mitzvah, and therefore, I have to, I make shechiyano for me, because even though it's, the mitzvah is not time-related, for me, doing it the first time, it's as if it's time-related, and therefore, um, I recite a shechiyano when I bring, when I bring the mincha the first time. The shach says, of course, the, the argument against that is that that's Rashi shach. Tosos learns that it's, it's not talking about the kind of word for the first time. Tosos says that that Kamar is talking about uh, a kind who brings it at his mishmar. The, there are twenty-four mishmaras, which means it's basically a kind only comes to the base of English twice a year. So if he comes to the base of English twice, works in the base of English twice a year, it's time-related. So that's the reason why he makes a shachiyon is because when he came to the base of English, this is a mitzvah that happens twice a year, it's like like a lot of other mitzvahs that are time-connected, and therefore that would be the case. But that, that's a riot, a potential riot from the Gemara. But the shach says is he argued this with Kier. had said was <clears throat> that if it's uh, the first time, that's because that's just as good as doing time-related. He says, well, that doesn't make sense. What about palace? A uh, person at Palace and Tzvillin, also the first time you should make a Shechion. So our, here, our whole, the whole sheet here, we're talking about is the sheet of Tysus. But at Palace and Tzvillin, you do not make a Shechion. Well, those are also, why not? It's the first time. If, it's, if first time is the same as time related, then you should make a Shechion also. Okay? Um, so the Shach leaves off unsure whether you should make a Shechion on Kishata. So Tzvushar wants to defend Rokech, and he says um, that really the Rokech is correct. First time you do the mitzvah, it's as if it's time related, and that's a special simcha. You can make, you make a shechion for that mitzvah. But thousands of are different, and thousands of are different because thousands of are mitzvahs that are because of chinuch are tend to be done the first time someone does it is when they're a child. Um, the Gemara says you should when when a child is ready, he should do that. And therefore, since the most cases that done for the first time when a person is a child, Chazal chose to not have a shechion for those mitzvahs. Because it just doesn't seem appropriate for this child to be making the bracha that a mitzvah should have a shechion adapt when it's a child. And therefore, even if the person happens to be an adult when it comes around, he shouldn't make, um, he should not make shechion because these mitzvahs are mitzvahs that are um, not associated with a shechion. Two charges and gives another reason uh, why kisha uh, adam should have shechion. Um, and that's because, as I mentioned, Tosa says one of the, re- one of the Justifications of making shechiyano is that it causes simcha. So he says kishiyadam causes simcha because not because of the kishiyadam itself, but because now that I did the kishiyadam, now I, I've done what I had to, and I can eat the meat. And therefore, um, it's a mitzvah that brings simcha because it allows me to go eat the meat afterwards. Um, and therefore, um, it's not the etzim, not inherently uh, something that causes simcha, but it's enough causing simcha that a person is allowed to make that. Now, this is ref- the shach sort of you know. Pre-guesses that you might say that, and the shach says 
That's not, that's not true. The Shach says, the, the Gemara says specifically that Kiyosu Adam does not bring Simcha. The Gemara specifically said that. So the Tushar uh, says, no, that's not the, the Gemara there was saying, comparing Kiyosu Adam to the uh, Paraduma. So he said like this, the Mitzvah Paraduma, the Gemara says, does bring Simcha. And that's because if there would have been no Mitzvah Paraduma, what would happen? person who became Tommy Mace would be stuck. He would never be able to go into the Mace of Midrash and never be able to touch him. He would be stuck. So the Mitzvah of Paraduma is, brings a Simcha because it frees the person to get rid of this Tumah that otherwise he'd be stuck with. Now, but the Mitzvah of Paraduma, let's say there'd be no Mitzvah of Kisadam. So what would be the Mitzvah? You have to shech the animal. You wouldn't have to do Kisadam. You would shech the Bechai or the, or the bird. You wouldn't have to do Kisadam. So we wouldn't have any problems with it. But, so that's what the Gemara means, that it doesn't bring Simcha, because if there would have been no Mitzvah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been missing, so to speak, anything from our Simcha over here. But, that, but what I said, now that we have the Mitzvah, now we are supposed to do it before we eat the meat, and therefore, in practice, for us, it does bring Simcha, and that's good enough. So the, the, the only little question on Tvoshar is that Tvoshar says this, this idea that Kisya Adam brings Simcha because it allows you to eat the meat, he brings it from an Avodram, who brings it from a Taisafta. That the Tesefna is not talking about um, is not talking about Kishadam. The Tesefna is talking about um, Truma. The person's mouth is Truma. And the Avodram says that the, the, the Tesefna says you make you recite Shachianu on Kishadam and on, on sorry on Harfosh's Truma because now you, and, and the logic he says and the logic is why do you do it on Harfosh's Truma? The logic is because. Once you mark the you can eat the fruit. So that brings a simcha that you're allowed to eat the fruit. And therefore, it shows that an indirect simcha is also good enough and you could make, you should recite a shechem. The only problem is, an artisefta doesn't say that. An artisefta, it's in, in, in tesefta and brachas, well, halacha uh, test. There, in the preceding halachas, it tells you all kinds of other mitzvahs. And when you do this, you make a shechem. And when it, by, by hafrash's truma, it does not say it. You make shechem. So it's a little, uh, we're missing something over here because the Abu drums bring the riot from the Tesefta that, uh, in the, that causing, um, causing Simcha indirectly is also good enough to, to require Shachianu. In fact, our Tesefta doesn't say it. Okay. So, um, just one last thing is that the Mate, uh, on this point is that the Mate Usher says that when, if the reason why you make Shachianu the first time a person does Kisya down is because it brings Simcha because he cannot eat the meat, then it only applies if the person who is doing the Kisya Adam is the person who is going to be getting the meat. But if Ruvain, if I shech the animal, the, the, sorry, the bird, so that somebody else can eat it, like I'm working in a slaughterhouse, or just stama, I'm shechting for you, then I do, and I do the kisya dam, I'm not going to get any, any of this meat that's not considered that it gives you simcha, and therefore you would not be allowed to make shechiyam. So according to this answer, there can be other answers, or we're explaining why kisya dam, a person should make a shechiyam. Uh, but according to this answer, it, there are times when you should, but there are not every time as a person able to eat the first time. So just to summarize, um, we have questions as to whether the Ramah says you should make you should recite Shekhyonu. The Shach is not so sure if that's correct. Um, Prim Gun says you should not recite Shekhyonu. He says it's the Sophocle you should not recite Shekhyonu the first time. But the Ramah and the Magan of Ram and Tvoshar say that a person should recite Shekhyonu um, the first time they, they do the Mitzvah Kisiyadah. Okay. Before we finish, I have one more thing, and that is um, I had mentioned that Kisiyadah is only performed for birds and for chayas, animals that qualify as a chayas. So the Shukhanar says that the minic is that they did not do kisyadam for the European buffalo. And the reason is because um, they assumed that it was a kind of shar, a kind of a, of a cow, 
it's a variation of a cow, and therefore it's, uh, the, the grass is a sharp bar, uh, and therefore it's a behemoth, and behemoths don't need kiseda. And the Ramah says, no, the Ramah says that we do do kiseda without a bracha, because we're not sure, is it, is it a sharp bar? Is it a, is it kind of a, uh, uh, is it a kind of a behemoth? Or is it an hayal habar, which is a kind of chaya, in which it needs, it needs kiseda, and therefore misafik, we do kisedam without a bracha, and in fact, that, that, that's for sure, everyone agrees that when you're not sure if something is in Behemoth or Chayim, then you do kisedam without a bracha. So the Ramah says, for European buffalo, they do that, that, that's what you should do, is do uh, kisedam without a bracha. So, based on that, based on that idea, which is when we're not sure, that's what we do kisedam without a bracha, so, Rabbi Ranam Broder asked the following question. Way, way back, at the very first year in the series, we talked about whether Zebu is kosher. Zebu is this unusual, this animal that has this unusual, it's sort of like a cow, but has an unusual hump and skin in the front, and has a little different coloring and hanging ears, you know, a little bit, quite a different looking animal, and the, the Chazanish said, that animal is so different that you can't eat it without a Maseru, it's not just a type of cow, you, you can't eat it without a Maseru, and you're first talking, trying to say it has a Maseru, maybe it doesn't have a Maseru, but they couldn't be agreeing that the animal, you couldn't, that it was, that it was not a cow, cow was not so if it's not a cow, and so let's even say we eat it. We say, you know, it has the simon kasher, so we're allowed to eat it. You know, it has split those and chooses God, so you're allowed, to, you're allowed to eat the animal. Fine, you're allowed to eat. But why isn't it here? So why isn't it a suffolk that might be a chaya? Whatever, we don't know exactly what it is, so it's a suffolk chaya, you should have to kiss it down. In fact, people do not kiss it down. So for some of them, for some animals, I saw that Roshan Miller says, the brangus, the ones that are roi non chaya, then... Uh, remember we spoke about that a brangus is roy, not chaya. Uh, its parentage is mainly not from chayas. So then he said, maybe it could be buffalo. I'm not sure exactly how that works. It has to do with a sheet of board and a biscuit um, But that's fine for that. What about the actual zibu itself, of course, from Shechbiyan? So I and he said, he says, well, you know, the Chazanesh says, thinks that's maybe not a cow. He says, but we follow this true for Rishon Baruch. And he says, of course, it's a cow. It's just a little bit of a different cow. You know, cows come in all different shapes and sizes. So it's basically, it's, it's basically a cow. And so forget about the, this idea you need to serve for new animals. It's not a new animal. It's just a regular old animal, uh, just a different type of a cow. Uh, that's one, one answer, because basically it's a cow. And similarly, a little bit of a different angle was um, some brought to me a chula from Russia Weiss. Uh, I don't believe it's a published chula. Uh, he writes that basically it's a kind of a cow. He he has other arguments on the house. He says, when I said there isn't a Messiah, this he, he like our first said that there, he brings from well established Jewish communities that have a Messiah to eat it. But he says on this point, he says this the animal's basically it's a cow. He says even he even wants to claim that the Chazanish would have been um, open to that idea. That there are wordings in the Chazanish that give an implication that he may be open to saying that it's a variation of a cow. Not so clear. Uh, but basically he also says that the reason why we don't do Kisetan is because for our purposes, we treat it like a cow, which is sort of like a throwback to what I mentioned from the sheet of the Shulchan Aruch, who says about the European buffalo, uh, which, is, which is also a, a different kind of animal, not exactly like your everyday cow. He says, we assume it's a cow, and you do not have to do Kisetan.